That was amazing. Um, obviously, it's a big blessing. Yeah, I got a lot of love and support from my teammates, uh, coaches, just everybody, family and friends. Well, I just want to come in and just give my all, you know, um, see what happens. You just never know what, you just never know. So, uh, so I just want to come in here, give my all, and see what happens, really. And um, fortunately, I got this, so I'm just really grateful for it. The process is still the same, man. Um, nothing changes. Just got to keep working, really. Um, but obviously, just really grateful for what I got right now. But still, got to keep working. This is Tumani Kumar, and it's time to open up the briefcase with Casey Holdall. Greetings, Blazer fans, and welcome to the briefcase. Episode 80 of the briefcase. I am your host, Casey Holdall, and that was Wap Reith discussing having his two-way contract converted to a full NBA contract, which happened during the All-Star break. Something that a lot of us assumed was going to happen. In fact, the entire team assumed it was going to happen. But he still had a few games left on his two-way contract. He could play up to 50 games on a two-way contract before you either have to get cut or have it converted. Trailblazers, obviously, Duop playing an incredibly important part in this team. Third center, second center really this year with Robert Williams out. Gives the Blazers a little something different at that center position than they get with either DeAndre Ayton or Robert Williams or Moses Brown for that matter. So WAP reportedly a three-year contract for Duop Reith. Congratulations to him. Some other small bits of personnel news and we reset for the last third of the NBA season on this edition of The Briefcase. Well, since we have a little bit of time to breathe and with the unofficial second half of the season, it's not really a half, it's really more like a third of the season about to begin for the Trailblazers, I figured it would make some sense on this edition of the briefcase to real quickly take stock of where the Trailblazers are at with 28 games to go. So here goes. The Blazers currently sit in 14th place in the Western Conference standings and 26th in the NBA with a 15 and 39 record. The Blazers are 9 and 17 at home, 6 and 22 on the road. 1 and 11 in the Northwest Division, and 6 and 31 in the Western Conference. As I mentioned, the Blazers have 28 games to play this season, 15 of those at Moda Center, 13 on the road over the final two months of the season. And who's going to be available for those games? Well, we know that Robert Williams III is out for the season, and that Shaden Sharp, after undergoing a core muscle surgery, is out until at least the last few weeks of the 2023-24 season. No guarantee that he will come back, but I know Shaden wants to come back, and the team is willing to have him come back if he's able to show that he's completely recovered from that surgery. So potential that we still see Shaden this season, but it won't be for a little bit of time. Moses Brown is probably out at least a few more weeks as he recovers from surgery to fix a broken wrist. And we should finally get an update on Malcolm Brogdon, who has been sitting out the last two weeks after receiving treatment to address tendonitis in his right elbow in the next few days. So Robert Williams III out for the season, obviously. Everybody else could potentially come back. Shane Sharp, probably not for a while. Moses Brown, maybe in the next couple weeks. Not entirely sure. We haven't really gotten an update on that one recently. And Malcolm Brogdon, assuming that the treatment went well, I would expect that he's going to be back in the lineup here sometime. Maybe not in the first game back after the All-Star break, but sometime in the second week after the All-Star break. Well, as I mentioned in the open, Wap Reith having his two-way contract converted to a full contract, a little bit of business that the Trailblazers did during the All-Star break. Wap has appeared in 40 games with the Trailblazers so far this season. As I mentioned earlier, you can play in 50 games on a two-way contract. After that, you either have to be converted to a full contract or you have to go back to the G League. So Wap had 10 more games. They decided to extend to him a full NBA contract after averaging 8.9 points on 48% shooting from the field and 39% shooting from three, 3.8 rebounds, and 1.1 assists in 17.4 minutes per game, also at 11 starts for WAP in those 40 appearances. It always just seemed like a matter of time before WAP was going to get a full NBA contract, but as the season went on and on and on and it didn't happen, 
I think some of us maybe started to wonder if maybe it was going to happen. And I think part of that is at a certain point, I think maybe WAP and his representation have figured like, hey, maybe we've played well enough to where if we hit free agency, we can maybe get an extended deal. And I think there's probably some truth to that. But in the end, WAP signing with the Trailblazers reportedly a three-year deal. According to Bobby Marks of ESPN, Portland used $1.95 million of their non-tax mid-level exemption to sign WAP, and they are now $1.3 million below the luxury tax. Again, according to Marks, his teams usually do not release this information. Reef's first year salary is five times that of the veteran minimum with a player having zero years of service, which is what WAP had coming into the season. So in 2024-25, he'll have a $2 million contract, which is fully guaranteed. And then in 25-26, it's a $2.2 million contract with zero of those dollars guaranteed. Though there are trigger dates to where if he's still on the roster at that point, then that money does become guaranteed. So WAP getting a bit more than a minimum, five times the amount of the minimum, at least for a guy in their first season. But the Blazers also getting a really good deal on a guy who, again, gives them something different in that lineup, a guy who they feel comfortable with, who they feel comfortable starting when they have to. And is just a guy who who has worked hard and has done things the right way. And I think those are typically the kind of players that you like to reward, even if it might cost you a little bit more than you assume it would have. I guess what I mean by that is if they had signed WAP at the beginning of the season, I imagine that it's probably straight up for the minimum. But since he had a chance to play and look good, you had to get him a little bit more than the minimum. But again, not so much more that I think you feel like you're getting pushed into it. Either way, really happy for WAP, really happy for the Blazers. A lot of guys on the team were expecting this to happen a while ago. Anthony Simons at practice on Thursday, the team back in town practicing, had a Wednesday practice and a Thursday practice in advance of Friday's game versus the Nuggets. Ant had mentioned that he was wondering why it hadn't happened already. Obviously, WAP a guy, when you start 11 games and you play well, and you really give the team something that they need, I think everyone comes to realize that like, hey, this guy's obviously going to be on the team. It just has to make sense for the front office and the player and the player's representation all at the same time. Evidently, they were able to make that happen during the All-Star break. Wap Reith, a full-on Portland Trailblazer. Congratulations. By signing Wap Reith to a full contract, the Blazers are now at a maximum 15 players, though they do have an extra two-way contract now, at least they did until they signed, reportedly, Ashton Higgins to a two-way contract. Higgins, you might recall, has been on a 10-day contract with the Blazers, though that had to expire in order for the Blazers to sign Wap Reith to a full contract. A few days after that, reportedly, they're going to extend a two-way, the two-way that was vacated by Wap to Ashton Higgins, who has been playing for the Rip City Remix before the call-up, on a 10-day with the Blazers, has been with the Remix all season long, has appeared in four games with the Trailblazers during his 10-day, averaging 2.8 points on 42% shooting from the field, 1.8 assists, 1.3 rebounds in 15 minutes. However, in his time with the Remix, the 6-1 point guard out of Kentucky averaged 15.3 points on 44% shooting from the field, 34% shooting from three, to go with 10 assists, 4.7 rebounds, and 1.8 steals in 31.4 minutes per game. Ashton, I think a guy who they brought in for his defensive capabilities, a guy who picks up full court, is really a menace on that side of the ball. More of a defensive-minded player, I would say, at this point in his career. And for the Blazers, that's great because they could use improvements on both sides of the ball. Not entirely sure how much time Ashton will spend with the Trailblazers, considering that they do have four point guards already on the roster with Anthony Simons, Malcolm Brogdon, Scoot Henderson, and Delano Banton. Though Delano obviously is kind of a point forward guy. Malcolm Brogdon, not entirely sure what's going on with that elbow. He's the guy that can play both the one and the two. Same with Anthony Simons. So while it might not be necessarily a position of need, I just think more than anything, they wanted to reward a guy who's been playing well, who's been doing the right things with the remix, did well in his 10-day with the team, really pushes guys in practice. I think that's probably also part of it as well. When you're getting to the end of the bench, guys, a lot of times it's really more about 
What can these guys give us in practice? Not so much, are we going to need to rely on this guy in a game? Now, granted, the Blazers having significant injury issues this season (laughs) might need to have Ashton available for a game. Heck, Ashton already started a game this season for the Trail Blazers. But I think a lot of it is more just about being a utility player. And that is something that Ashton Higgins absolutely gives you. Congratulations to you as well. Ashton also had a good run at All-Star Weekend in Indianapolis with the G League. So we'll see how much more time he spends with the Rip City Remix compared to the Trailblazers. And I probably should have looked this up before I started recording. Not sure if that two-way is prorated. I would imagine it probably is. If it is prorated, I would imagine that means that Ashton probably has around 15, 20 games to play with the Trailblazers, which gets you most of the way through the season. If it's not prorated, then he's got 50 games, which means that he could be with the Blazers for the rest of the season. I should have looked that up. I did not. I will get you that information on the next edition of The Briefcase. And speaking of point guards and All-Star Weekend, let's go ahead and hear from Scoot Henderson as he details his time in Indianapolis at All-Star Weekend. Scoot obviously playing in the rookie sophomore game, also having some sponsorship events as well. Scoot posting a team-high 10 points on 4 6 shooting from the field and 1 assist for Team Tamika, though they did end up falling 40-35 to Team Jalen in the first Rising Stars game. Team Jalen would go on to win the event. Shaden Sharp was there as well. Technically, Shaden Sharp was on Team Jalen, so I don't know. I don't think there's any ring or anything you get for winning the Rising Stars Challenge, but even though he didn't play, Shaden Sharp was there, which I think probably says pretty good things about his rehabilitation for that core muscle injury if he was able to at least go to Indianapolis. I know a lot of times when guys have those kind of surgeries, they're laid up for a little bit. Doesn't seem to be the case with Shaden. So he was there as well. Went through some of the circuit as well. We have a lot of that stuff on trailblazers.com or on our social channels if you haven't checked it out as well. But let's go ahead and hear from Scoot himself, who talked after practice on Wednesday about the time he spent in Indianapolis at the 2024 All-Star Weekend. Take it away, Scoot. How was your experience at All-Star? It was good. Uh, really cold, though. But, you know, we had the Puma activation with, with Puma and Cheeto. That was fire, man. You know, it's always you know a blessing to see my own shoes somewhere that I would never imagine. So. I know you've done this a few times before because when you were at the team in the G League, you were doing the Rising Star stuff. What's the difference in the experience, if there is one, doing it as a G League player versus doing it as an NBA player? I feel like... Like, I wanted to, to come in this year, my third Rising Star, you know, with a different approach, um, different mindset. You know, it's always to, to go in there and have fun and, you know, that killer mindset. But I think this year it, was just, it just meant a little more to, to try to get at, you know, players in your class and stuff like that. Rather than, you know, the G League, it's more like you're trying to get a, get a name. You know what I mean? You're trying to boost your stock up as a G League player. So um, I feel like it's the same mentality as in, you know, going out there and kill and, Know, kill the opponent, but different as in players you're going against and players throughout that you're playing throughout the season and stuff like that. But who are some guys you like in this rookie class that you maybe got to see? On we, uh, man, this class is really deep. Um, you know, I like I like all the I like all the talent that we have. You know, especially in this class with all the top picks and stuff like that. Well, we got Wimby, B. Mill, Keontae George, really really proving a lot. Um, you know, Casein on Thunder. You know, really really fishing it and. A really important player on their team, part of their team, but you know it's, it's really a lot of depth in this class. How long did you stand? I tried to get out there as quick as I could, so. <laughs> but but the latest flight was 6:30, and I'm like, nah, I can't do that. But uh, I got left like Sunday, Sunday morning. So got up out of there. Nah, I tried to get out of there. I was with my family, you know. You know, it's always good to be with your family on a weekend like that, at least. Man, it was it was really fun though. Is there anything else there you want to do someday? Dunk contest? Yeah dunk contest maybe one day uh, I was just talking but maybe 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 dunk contest 
not often you get an opportunity to be around as many young guys. Being in that kind of locker room with those guys, is there hell of a week? Do you have any like shared experiences or things yeah. you kind of learn from each other? For sure. Um, I think everybody just got something in common. You know, everybody got something in common. Everybody has their first view of the NBA, and you know. You dream of it, but everybody doesn't go through the same thing at the same time. And, you know, a lot of the players in the class are going through the same thing that, you know, maybe I'm, I've, I've been going through or, you know, I've been seeing them go through certain things. But I think it's just we share a lot of things, and especially just the view as a rookie, as a point guard sometimes, and, and as just a young young person entering a, a very grown-up life by yourself or with your family. You know, but it's, it's still the same. You're in the NBA and you're young. So. What do you hope to accomplish for the last two months? Um, just continue to get better, continue to, to fill out, you know, my role on the team, continue to embrace my role on the team and get better as a team and, you know, really just get our chemistry together. Your reaction to the Dwap Reith news was fantastic. Why were you so excited? That's my dog, man. You know, you see your friend or whatever, your, your buddy, teammate, you know, accomplish something that, that you know they could and, and you know that they put the work in for it. Um, for me, at least, uh, it's one of my favorite things to, to, to see, you know, see one of my teammates or my friend, you know, uh, accomplish that and, and get a three-year contract. So, especially for a team that I'm on and we got doo-wop, man, it's, it's lit, for sure. He picking up dinner for you guys next time? I hope so. Yeah, it's on him. Whenever. <laughs> what, what do you think of Chauncey's chances of uh, getting into the Hall of Fame since they announced it All-Star Weekend? Yeah, he got a great chance. He has a great chance um, knowing Chauncey and his the way he played and, you know, how many lives he impacted, not even just on the court, but, you know, um, certain stories that he shares with me at least and, and obviously with his play, man. He's been, he was a great player, so um, I hope he, I hope, I hope everything goes his way in, in that case. Good stuff there from Scoot. Glad that he was able to, one, just go to All-Star Weekend, even though he's participated in it with the G League. But as he mentioned, a little bit different to be participating in All-Star Weekend as a part of the NBA rather than the G League. I think Scoot is definitely going to be one of the guys you need to pay attention to in these last 28 games of the season. I mean, heck, he's the guy you should be paying attention to in all 82 games of the season, particularly as a rookie. But I think particularly with Shaden Sharp out, you really look to Scoot Henderson and the other rookies, Chris Murray, Real Repair, and to a lesser extent, Duop Reith, to see what they're able to do in these last 28 games of the season. With development being the goal at this point, I think we're pretty likely to see some of those rookies play a bit more minutes in these last 28 games. And I think Scoot might be one of those players. All right, as part of our reset, let's go ahead and check in on the Trailblazers' offensive and defensive ratings with 28 games to play. Currently, the Blazers are 29th in offensive rating at 108.5 points scored per 100 possessions, which is only better than one team, the Memphis Grizzlies, though the Blazers aren't far behind the 28th-ranked team, the San Antonio Spurs. On the other side of the ball, the Blazers are 22nd in defensive rating at 117.3 points allowed per 100 possessions, which is slightly better than the San Antonio Spurs in 23rd and slightly worse than the Brooklyn Nets in 21st. Finally, the difference between Portland's offensive and defensive rating is their net rating, and at minus 8.8, the Blazers rank 28th ahead of only the Pistons and the Hornets in net rating. So plenty of room to improve on both sides of the ball in the final third of the season. Chauncey Phillips talking about limiting second chance points on defense and pushing the pace on offense are two of the things that the team is going to be focusing on in these last 28 games of the season. Doing better in both those areas would go a long way to improving both their offensive rating and their defensive rating. And heck, by virtue, their net rating as well. 
Moving on, usually this would be the point where we discuss how the Trailblazers have done versus the spread this season, but since they haven't played in over a week, really no point in checking in how they're doing in that regard. But since we are once again doing a bit of a reset here on the briefcase, it's a great time to check in on where they're at in terms of their season over under. So with 15 wins and 28 games to play, the Blazers need to go 14 and 14 in order to surpass their Las Vegas win projection of 28.5 wins this season. The Blazers winning nearly as many games in the final two months of the season that they won in the first four months of the season seems pretty unlikely at this point, but that is why they play the games. So once again, the Blazers will have to go 14 and 14 if they're to get to 29 wins, which would put them over their Las Vegas win projection of 28.5 wins, which was set before the season started way back in September or October. So if you took the over, keep those fingers crossed. If you took the under, you're looking pretty good. And that is going to do it for this edition of The Briefcase. Thanks so much for joining me. As always, Blazers return to action by hosting the Denver Nuggets on Friday, the Charlotte Hornets on Sunday, and then the Miami Heat on Tuesday before heading out for a quick three-game road trip. All those games on Root Sports and on 620 AM. Check those out. Thank you for listening. As always, please like and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Also check out the Blazers Balcony and Section 113. You can find out information on both those podcasts as well by going to trailblazers.com slash podcasts. We will talk to you later this week. Go Blazers.